0: To knock your socks off. Knock them off. NFT knowledge. Should we just go for it? Yeah. Um, So there's this dude. uh, His name is um, Kevin Rose. Kevin Rose. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I have not. It's a pretty famous dude now, but I originally saw him. This is the dude, believe it or not, this is the dude that got me interested in computers. Interesting. Like in not just using them, but in like you know building them and coding and you built me a computer when i was yeah a young child well this dude Kevin Rose is the reason huh. so Kevin Rose used to be on this show i can't remember what the original name of it was but it turned into a show called Attack of the Show okay it was on a channel called Tech TV Tech TV yeah there used to be a Tech TV and now i think it's G4 Tech TV if that still exists okay um Anyway, they used to do, like, cool shit where, like, he would show you, like, all these, like, life hacks, but with, like, technology. And he was very, very not only knowledgeable in, like, electrical and mechanical and coding, but he was really good at explaining it or applying that knowledge to, like, stuff that people would be interested in. It's a huge skill, making it relatable. Yeah. Uh, Anyhow. This guy went on to create, um, what's the name of that website that he, he created. Um, let me help you out. Yeah. Uh, it's basically one of the first sites. Like it's like a Reddit where you could upvote and downvote, um, things revision three. No, that's like, I think it's production company. Dig dig. Yeah, that's it. Dig. So he came up with dig, which is like pre-reddit i think okay or at least i didn't know about reddit when i knew about dig but dig is just a place like people would post articles and then people would thumbs them up or thumbs them down it was like one of the first i'm pretty sure anyway he became pretty wealthy off of that he just started a, a new podcast mm-hmm. and i guess i'm on an email list of his from some time ago and he emailed People to let them know that he was starting this new podcast. Interesting. And the first episode was all about NFTs. Whoa. I haven't finished listening to all of it yet, but he has like this guy. I can't, I also can't remember his name, but we don't need to, it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's like the number one most well known dude in NFTs, like in terms of an investor. Mm -hmm. He goes by like, it's a pseudonym of some, like it's not his real name, obviously. Um, Anyhow, uh, he had, has this guy on and this guy goes on to explain what an NFT actually is. And so the way he explained it is that if you think about bitcoins, what, you have a question? Meta Coven? No. Not the guy's name. Uh, maybe it is. I don't, like I said, I don't remember. All right. Um, he explains NFTs as like, if you buy a Bitcoin from me like i send you a bitcoin Mm -hmm. and it goes into your wallet it doesn't once it reaches your wallet and it's confirmed you know to be in your wallet um it doesn't matter what bitcoin it is in your wallet of any of the bitcoins in your wallet right like it could just mix right in And you could send out another Bitcoin and it wouldn't matter if it was that specific Bitcoin. It's just a Bitcoin. It's just like change in your pocket. Yeah. In a pool. Yeah. Where a non-fungible token can't be mixed back into your pocket. Right. Yeah. So So what does that mean? So um, what that means is that's where you can get, that's where the scarcity comes in these Mm -hmm. pieces of art is that. Um, these pieces of art are tied to an Ethereum uh, transaction. Yeah. Um, and it's basically just a smart contract between you and the person selling the NFT. Mm-hmm. And that proof of when, you know, the timestamp of when you bought it, anybody that, that thereafter claims to have it has to have their proof of purchase right and yours is always going to be unique and before theirs or at least that's what the artist or seller is guaranteeing you hmm. does that explain and make you understand a little bit more about how they work it does it just seems to keep the line of payment in order right no it's, keeping but it also is like it's cer- it's a certificate of authenticity as right. well nowadays People are faking certificate Everything. of authenticities. You just go to eBay and search for any collectible. Um, this is an actual, non, uh, non um, fraudable, yeah, uh, certificate of authenticity. Because there is only one certificate. Yeah, it can't be reproduced. The problem with NFTs is, is that if you see an NFT that you like that goes for like two million dollars. Mm-hmm. It's very easy for you to uh, copy it and just put it onto another Ethereum smart contract, and you just don't care that yours isn't the first one or only one. Once people start, well, yeah, because then once that starts to happen, NFTs are going to be fairly worthless. Once you can replicate something, well, they're very easy to replicate. They're you know most of them are just GIFs. Yeah. So like, what's the point? Well, people, the, the thing is, is pe- that's where people, right now, people that, uh, know as much as we do now mm-hmm. about NFTs are in the great, you know, um, minority. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. So there's the whole bit of like, it's like people that buy Bitcoin just, and they just, oh yeah, Bitcoin is going to make you rich and they don't know anything about it. Right. Right. And they just buy it that's where the NFTs are right now is being sold to a lot of people with money that don't necessarily understand it. And it's a a buzzword right now. Yeah. And I mean, like I said on the previous podcast, like when a group of artists buys a actual Banksy print, right. And then makes it into an NFT and then shreds it live. Mm -hmm. That that's, that's there's some inherent value there. There is. It's a difficult thing to get your head around though. You know, like I enjoy, I don't know a lot about art, but I do enjoy having like physical pieces of something. Okay. Listen to this. Let's hear it. For like $35. Yeah. You, we could turn the very first episode of our podcast into an NFT in about 30 seconds. $35. Yeah, because that's a, that's about the cost of a eth gas uh right. transaction. transaction. Hmm. There's a website called Rarible, mhm, and there's many others like it where you can go and create NFTs for the price of a ethereum transaction. Interesting, because that's really all day long. That's all it is, is a transaction, right? Because everyone would have to agree. But that's where this, no, no. So what's happening is you're attaching the smart contract to an Ethereum transaction. Mm. So I see. It's like piggybacking. Well, that's where Ethereum, that's why Ethereum is, uh, you know. Vehicle uh, almost for. Well, no, what I'm saying is like, it's more uh, elaborate uh, crypto than Bitcoin Mm -hmm. because of its ability to have smart contracts. Bitcoin doesn't have that feature. Original, I don't even know if original Ethereum, like Ethereum Classic, I'm I'm not sure if it has that either. Is it 2.0 now? No, I don't think we're at 2.0 yet. The the dude who, excuse me, the guy who made Ethereum was on uh, Tim Ferriss' show the other day. Yeah. Did you not watch the Lex, Lex Friedman interview with him? No, I didn't. He's got like two interviews with really. Him. Oh yeah, the the dude's Canadian. He's twenty seven. Yeah. So apparently he went through like a a program where gifted students oh, get a not. grant, and you don't go to post secondary. You just get funded to go and do shit. And he made Ethereum. He's super socially awkward, but interesting still to listen to. It was uh, I listened to like half the interview. Like, I feel like it, a lot of it was, was a video. No, it was audio that oh, I listened to. You got to watch a video of him. he's yeah? Very very different yeah it could be a bit of a dull conversation at times but i mean it's it was definitely interesting content i need to, need to go back and listen just again he's, he's getting flown all over the world by governments and shit that want to you know soak his brain man i'm not joking <laughs> no i know and just like to be that young that's crazy yeah it's great that he's canadian too is right. he originally from canada um i'm not sure i know that he's canadian it's all that matters. I'm not that big of a fanboy. That's fair. I don't know much about the guy, but it's interesting stuff. And always cool to see somebody young crushing it. So I took a tab of acid yesterday. Okay. It was an enjoyable, uh, enjoyable afternoon. I started around 4 p.m. Which 4 p.m.? Is early. That's very early. Oh, I mean, not really. Like, for the way we I usually get down. is a good time. It's true, but I mean, it was just beautiful outside. I would get up really early to do acid it was an opportunity <laughs> really early it was great <laughs> but it was gorgeous outside it was like 15 degrees uh-huh I like this is the way to do it, it was a clear day and uh the way to do it. well I, I just went I, I, with I can't one wait to hear it though like, tell me more i just went with one All right and so what what's your opinion on a on a single tab like if i'm gonna do one um I could go to um, the panel at university and defend my thesis. (laughs) I would probably pay to see that. Not necessarily you, but anybody delivering uh, a thesis on a tab. Really, saying though is like I feel like a tab is just like equivalent to like a cup of coffee, in that it's just getting it just gets you started. You can just. you know, you can just feel feel that, oh, yeah, there's some acid there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a, a little bit of a tease. So I never got understood microdosing. I, I have something on that later, which you'll probably find interesting. I don't know. I but, don't um, so. and for, for the listeners, these are probably like one and a half, I would say. Oh, yeah. It's not possible to know your dose, Taking, but they're doubles. Uh, we take pretty powerful. German acid, German import only. Yeah, our buddy from Germany brings it in. But um, you know, for for the average acid taker, that'd be enough to give somebody oh, a, for a, sure a smack on the job. Hundred percent. And I, it was such an enjoyable experience. I feel like you can kind of come back with a bit more if you don't go so far. You know what I mean? Yeah, but. See, this is the thing about acid is that it affects everyone a little bit differently. It's true. It has a, it has so much to do with whether you've eaten or not, what you're even what your metabolism is like generally. Yesterday was no food and no alcohol. Yeah, see that's the way to go. It was great. If you would have taken that hit of acid after like dinner, uh, nothing that would be yeah, it would be like a waste. No, totally agree. Okay. So then maybe you should preface by saying, hey, I didn't eat shit. I was dehydrated and I dropped a hit of acid yesterday. And I would be like, oh, did you? (laughs) Tell me more. Well, the visual aspect was really fucking enjoyable. The clouds were doing most, they just didn't start pixelating, which is fine. (laughs) It wasn't that kind of an experience. But what I wanted to get at is like when you go super heavy with the dose, like three, for instance two for instance i mean two's manageable but i feel like you can only only bring so much back with you uh, example of what you're bringing back um a, a sense of peace and yeah, relaxation i disagree cuz for me when i go super deep it's like i get up the next day i'm like oh my god that was just amazing amazingly fun are you sure it was fun cuz <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first mistake of anybody who's taking acid is to be concerned as soon as you're worried about anything to do with acid you're immediately setting yourself up for trouble no it's true no it is true if you go into it with uh with worries it's not going to be a great time yeah and like if you're worried like oh is three too much well you're i'm automatically making it too much but just by saying that you're manifesting it i don't disagree with you all right and i enjoy the higher traps but all i'm saying is in terms like if we're looking i'm looking at this more of like a a medical way not that this is oh, medical advice but um i mean we're seeing studies coming out now we're people are seeing lasting effects from taking psychedelics. Yeah, but I'm not taking acid because I'm depressed and I'm not looking for that dopamine boost. No, no, that's not even what's happening. It's just like that insight on life. I find if I'm not completely wapped, I can really think a bit more about what I want to think about. Oh, I feel the opposite. Like space and science and life choices and shit like that. You, you know, know, when I'm really messed on LSD, <laughs> yeah. Um, I let things come to me. I think there's two ways to do it, though. No, but I'm just saying that's that's how I do it. Yeah, that's how I roll. Yeah. I let things come to me, which I don't know. It's just the way I roll. Hey, I think it's a completely valid way to roll. But I think we're also going to see academic people and oh, people I'm in sure the field there's of- all kinds of. I, don't, I think there's shit to microdosing. I think there's evidence of benefits all around the board i'm talking about specifically for myself i don't want to microdose because that's just going to make i'm end up having to take four or five you know what i mean (laughs) my tolerance is just going to be out the wazoo it's the worst when you get tolerance for microdosing yeah it's the number one reason i wouldn't do it not because it's not going to be effective Mm -hmm. because i still want to be able to you know go deep no i i'm totally with you I have something on microdosing, actually. Um, I think this came out in late February, early March. Uh, Sorry, guys. So, Self-Blinding Citizen Science to Explore Microdosing is the title of the article. Um, So, a group at Cambridge. Sorry, guys. Um, Imperial College, London. Um, they did a online study where they did they set up a program where people who wanted to participate would set up they'd pretty much blind themselves with microdoses. So they're doing a a study to see the effectiveness of microdosing. Um so the setup for the experiment would be you get capsules that you can't see through and you assign them barcodes. Okay. Um, you get instructions on fill half of them with your dose and half of them without. Okay. You send all of your barcodes into this database and then you mix up your pills. So you don't know what you're taking, but the database has access to which pills you're taking. It seems like a really overly sophisticated way to run this experiment. It's but, a okay. beautiful way to do it though, because you can't bring people into microdose every day. Like that'd be so expensive. Uh-huh. So they're sending the double blind experiment home. And just giving the same, um, you can call it a psychiatric evaluation, but more so like measuring traits of personality and openness and that kind Uh of stuff. uh Um, So the the methodology behind it was really, really nice. Um, What are their findings? There is no significant difference between the placebo group and the microdosing group. Although both groups experienced a strong improvement in well-being from baseline suggesting a very strong placebo effect then another paper I came, believe that another paper came out just a little bit after and the title of it was um positive intentions lead to mm-hmm. like mental health benefits oh, while microdosing 100% if you start taking an empty capsule that you, you think is going to fix your life mm-hmm. and your attitude goes from you know, pessimistic to optimistic, of course, that's going to work. I was talking to a buddy about this the other day and he's like, just the fact that somebody's willing to try microdosing as well. Like that's increasing the sure. traits of openness. So it's interesting because I I've been microdosing for like a year or two fully, fully well knowing that it may not be anything. It's more study that needs to be done, but looks like, uh, the, so the sample size was 200 people. Or one, to be more precise, 191 people, which is pretty good. So are you just going to start taking a single hit from now on? No, no. I'm just also in uh, crunch time with the old school. I don't want to go too deep. Not until after. All right. I like full burn victim. Oh, he does. Uh, One may call him the Joey Diaz of LSD. (laughs) It's possible. Full burn victim is when... (laughs) You look at a person from 100 feet away, and it looks like they're a burn victim. <laughs> and genuinely look concerned and ask your friends, is that person okay? Right. Okay. Different strokes, man. Right. But I think there's value in both. For sure. Um, have you heard, like, heard about the plight of the bees? This is what I'm calling it. I, I have. Right. So, yeah. bees have been shrinking in numbers yeah. for years. Like I want to say, like I've been hearing about it for probably like twenty-five years. Twenty-five years. Yeah, like I thought it was like 90s, a decade. I remember hearing about it. The bees. Yeah. And nobody could really figure out what the deal is with why bees were just all of a sudden like dying off. Yeah. Like hives. But then last year we started to hear about like the murder hornet. Okay. It sounds familiar. So so they're they're like these giant. In Africa? No, they're in BC. Oh yeah. They have been migrating North for years and years and years. That is not good. You should see the lengths that they go to when they find a hive of them. They literally like saran wrap the whole tree (laughs) and around the hive and then take it, take the hive that way so that they can't get out. Like these things are so deadly. And they're huge. How big are they? They're big. I'm gonna look up. A you picture. should look them up. What is it called again? Murder Hornet. <laughs> Eloquent. Yeah. Um, so I saw a video oh, of God. Murder hornets uh in hitting up uh um a bee's nest. Yeah. And they were fucking up the bees. I <laughs> believe it. This thing is huge. I, I believe they they're meat eaters as well. <laughs> oh, people look up uh Murder Hornet or Asian giant hornet, you will be disgusted and impressed. I'm wondering if okay. So like the bees are are like at the bottom of the food system sort of thing, you know, sort of like um like a tadpole almost, right? Like lower end. And so they say like if you start to see like in like your pond, like deformations in uh frogs, okay, that you got a serious problem. Because they're at the bottom of the food chain, right? Right. So anytime something happens at that end of the food chain, mm-hmm. it usually has ripple effects throughout. Biomagnification. So, yeah. So they've been trying to figure out for years what's going on with the bees and like why bees are like dying overnight. Mm-hmm. Maybe I wonder if it has something to do with not only, you know, maybe temperature changes in the northern hemisphere, mm-hmm. but murder hornets. I believe it's a virus. I don't know. Have they figured it out? I, You know Paul Stamets? Yeah. The mushroom guy? Yeah. He's patenting a cure for the bees. Oh, right. He, I remember him talking about that. He made this, it's like a bee feeder. Beehives or something, yeah. It like, has fungus in it. Okay. And it's supposed to treat this, I believe it's a viral infection. No, I I seem to remember this now that, yeah, when he was on Rogan, he was talking about this. In particular, seven- viruses are considered to be the cause of severe disease in honeybees threatening the world beekeeping. I don't know if it's threatening the beekeeping. Seriously. People, but oh yeah. I mean, it's the bees themselves, but the beekeepers need to be doing. The beekeepers this. are the ones that keep, keep uh, hives going. Hold on. This is from the NIH. I think it's worth looking into. It's like, take two uh, seconds. The UK NIH? Uh, no, marking. Oh, which is what the national Institute of health. Yes, sir. Wow. That's a good guess. You know, there's there's really not much else to to get into here. You don't need to know the exact names of these viruses. No, 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 for sure. There's seven. It's just just a point of interest that um, I saw these murder hornets this week and was thinking about it. What if it's the murder hornets just fucking up the bees? Oh, there's some really, really good YouTube videos that people should check out. Really? um, Yeah, murder hornet versus bee. That would be terrifying. Have you seen the, I'm sure you've seen the centipede videos what centipede of them is? like eating mammals and mice oh no Ugh. people will watch this later <laughs> like maggots and like a decomposing body? no like predatory centipedes oh my god they are vicious man huh. vicious that's i'm not sure what, what to think about that if that's true or <laughs> i swear to god, god it is it's it's a big yeah. thing um i was reading earlier this week that you know who Meghan Markle is? Uh, the the royal lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that works. Yeah. Um, I was reading an article how she wants to run for president. Oh, for the love of Jesus! Yeah, and I don't know if you watched any of the interview that they did with was it the Pierce Oprah? Morgan thing. Yeah, that has to do with the Pierce Morgan thing. I'm not going to talk about that. Fair, fair enough. enough, we won't. Um. Yeah. So they did this big interview with Oprah, blah, 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 spilled the beans on the royal family, her race, racial, racist tendencies, uh-huh. yada, yada, yada. But I don't know if we were talking about it on the podcast or if we were just so. talking about it off. Um, but I was telling you about, like, you can tell what kind of lady she is, you know, in terms of like her personality. Like, I can, I see her personality in other people that I've like, dated over the years Uh and so i making an assumption that maybe she shares similar characteristics (laughs) It might be a bit of a stretch what kind of characteristics are we talking i don't know you ever heard the term like a being a karen yeah it's a new one yeah well it's not that new but i kind of feel like she's like a karen in training oh really i don't think i've ever heard the heard the lady speak Well, that's what I was just asking you about. They just did this massive interview with Oprah, (laughs) you know, that's where all the Pierce Morgan shit came from because he doesn't like Meghan Markle because apparently they met and were friendly or something and then she like snubbed him or something and now he thinks that she's like some sort of bitch. Well, that's, (laughs) if that's the case, that's that's still super unprofessional on Pierce Morgan's part. Well, why do you think that he got fired from that show? Did he get fired? Yeah, you're really out of touch. Totally out of the loop, man. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I just kind of feel like, do we really want Karen for president? President of where? The United States. Really? Yeah. What did you think when I said she wants to run for president? Is she American? The president of, like, uh, acne cleaning products? Lithuania, maybe. I'm not sure. No, she's an American. Oh. News to me. You never failed (laughs) to, you know, shock me and just how oblivious you are to some things. And, you know, I've made a point to not pay attention to uh, the royal family over the past years. And it's worked, obviously. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it has worked, but (laughs) it's not that you have to pay attention to the royal family. It's about, like, you know, Watching the goings-on of worldly affairs. It's true. I've been pretty out of it. Yeah. Busy guy, you know? (laughs) President of Lithuania. (laughs) Anyway, do you want to know what the word of the day is on uh, Urban Dictionary? Yes. It's vaxhole. Vaxhole. Yeah. It's one who's been fully vaccinated for the COVID-19 virus and brags about it. Now, used in (laughs) a sentence... It says, two weeks after getting shot, the vaxhole is posting selfies from Cancun. Fuck, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. And then, when I saw that, I also saw this word. (laughs) 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 This word, apparently, is, uh, this is why it caught my eye, Uh is Toronto slang for government. Govvy. Gavi. Yeah, apparently that's Toronto slang. Now, I have some family in Toronto. I'm going to ask them about it. You should ask them. But Gavi? I mean, there's so many is different this just, demographics is this bullshit in Toronto. or is this something for real? I'd say it's surely possible that a group in Toronto is using the term Gavi, no, but no, I don't no. think it's it's like ubiquitous. It's, yeah, exactly. We'll no we'll way. Find, we'll find out. we should uh, take update. a trip. N- not right now. Not right now. Yeah. Very true. Um, so I read this other article about this lady, (laughs) pretty sure it was in India. Yeah. She's playing badminton on a terrace of a building. Okay. Okay. She's 21 years old. She's got a master of computer applications. Okay. Um, and she, she got chased off of the roof of the building what? By monkeys. What? Yeah. No. And she died. No. <laughs> yeah. What so a terrible way to go out. In the story, it says that basically the monkeys, the monkeys chased her and she ran into a... Parapet. And broke through, <laughs> broke through the... Parapet. And fell to her death. Oh. Do you want to know what a... Parapet. Is? Yeah, I do. Apparently... Uh, Parapet. Is that... <laughs> Half wall around the top of a roof of a building. Okay, that is h- always a half wall. Why it used to be? I don't know. It's used to, usually a decoration of some mm. sort. But yeah, apparently she like leaned on it or ran through it and broke oh, through this the poor lady parapet and died <laughs> because monkeys were chasing her while she was playing badminton <laughs> and on the terrace of a high building. What kind of monkeys? Um, I can find out. I feel like this was the work of a macaque. I think it was well, let's, bonobo. Let's see if it even says what type of monkeys here. I'm hoping it's a. What if it's like large monkeys? It'd be something you wouldn't expect. Man, that would be a terrible, terrible way to go. Yeah, that would be terrifying. It just says monkeys, just generic monkeys. Yeah. Wonder yeah. how the monkey. It shows a picture that. of. Oh, it says macaws. Macaw. Yeah. Macaw. 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 Anyway. I thought that was pretty interesting. I think that's pretty wild. You find some uh, some interesting ones. Yeah, you got to dig deep. I like it. So, um, how much CO2 do you think is um, given off from indoor cannabis production? Oh, well, I think it would be per, uh, per, per kilo. Yeah, per kilo. That doesn't Why wouldn't why wouldn't somebody ask you like per plant? Cuz plants vary no, in No, no, no. So is it is it per kilo of a live plant? And is it per kilo, including the soil, or is it per kilo of harvest? That's a very good point. It's a great question. You want to step to me with questions like that (laughs) and not have the answers to back up a question like that? It was a brief review. Jeepers. Some shoddy journalism. The team at Colorado State University. The team? The team. Jason Quinn and colleagues. Okay. uh, Look to see how much electricity and natural gas are needed in various states to grow marijuana in an artificial indoor climate. Okay. Um, I want to get to the facts. Two to five tons of carbon dioxide emissions per kilo. Per kilo of what? Well, I would assume finished product. That is the most ridiculous way to measure something like this. They actually didn't uh, get more specific about that. That is not… That is some fucking pseudoscience. It's from nature, nature Publications. But it doesn't mean it's not bullshit. I, it kind of does. <laughs> it kind of means that it is. a peer-reviewed journal. Well, then the people who are peer-reviewing this absolutely didn't think about what was going on. Maybe or, they are anti pot Or you didn't read the article enough to know what they're using as for reference a It was a because brief Because if it's review. a peer-reviewed article... Are you reading uh, a review of the peer-reviewed article? It was a review of the peer-reviewed article. Oh, my God. So, this is very lazy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah. Literally. that is a good question, though. It's a very oh. good question, JP. All right. Can't deny it. Are you familiar with the Mayflower? Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me what you know about the Mayflower. It was a ship. Right. So, it was a ship that brought over, like, some of the first Americans right or europeans to america um There next month they'll launch an ai mayflower that is runs on solar electricity and will follow the original route that the mayflower took um, in 1620 and it's fully autonomous whoa and yeah and it runs on solar that's pretty cool yeah how long will the voyage be do you know uh, they didn't say, it. and I i don't think they know yet because of, you know, wind and, you know, sunlight if it's very cloudy. Like I suppose it varies based on environment. Yeah, it's a 3,000-mile route. Wow. Yeah. From London or somewhere in England to… I'm not exactly sure America. what the destinations are, but yeah, it's from across the Atlantic. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, so… um do it's leaving England, Plymouth, England, Plymouth. on April nineteenth. Okay, um, has no human captain or crew, and will use AI to cross the ocean. That's really cool. Yeah, I was just reading this article today about uh, an autonomous debating system. Okay, so well, it's, does it debate itself? It, de- it debated uh, what were considered three debate experts. It's okay. called Project Debater. Okay, um, I love debates. By the way, do you? Oh, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is argue. Right, exactly. Honestly, I, I love it. It's, it's how I show affection. It's formalized arguing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, it is searching databases for arguments against the debater's argument. Hmm. Um, apparently, it did very well, but that could be very interesting. Who's AI as it? Oh, Give me two seconds. It's so like a university AI, or is it? Like I believe so. Yeah. Mind or Project Debater. I can't see off the top here. All right, but um, that could be really interesting in terms of. I'm thinking of Hal, from sure. 2021 or 2001 All Space right. Odyssey. One of the best. Great film. Yeah, what when when computers can start, like, on the spot, giving us better recommendations for something that we may be doing, like, in solving a problem, Star Trek kind of shit. Like, computer, how do I solve this? Is this logically sound? Like, Right. Let me it, run 10 million simulations. Exactly. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That'll be pretty useful on the voyage to Mars. Definitely. That's all I have on that. Oh. Um. I read on Reuters this week yeah. that the U.S. is more concerned about their own domestic terrorists now than they are about international terrorists. They always should have been. Well, I don't know about always. Might be a sticky thing to but say, but. Yeah. Do <laughs> In the group, the groups that they consider uh, domestic terrorism to be radicalized mm-hmm. include Animal rights groups. Whoa, uh, PETA has done some some, some shit. violence. They've tried to damage ships and fishing vessel fishing vessels, all kinds of dangerous shit. Hmm. Um, environmental activists, anti-abortion protesters, anarchists, and people who call themselves sovereign citizens, which means that. They're immune from government authority. It's pretty fair. Yeah. <clears throat> it just blows my mind that, you know, 20 years ago, the World Trade Center got demolished by a couple of planes. And they've been fighting, you know, ISIS and mm-hmm. um, whatever, Al-Qaeda, mm-hmm. um, all these motherfuckers, the Taliban. They've been fighting them for 20 years. They're still fighting them. Yeah. Yeah. But now they're more concerned overall about domestic terrorism. Well, the number of attacks by terrorist groups, like international terror, terrorist groups on North American soil, very, very minimal in comparison to the numbers for domestic, I would assume. Well, prior to COVID, people used to think that the 3,000 plus people that died on 9 11 was mm-hmm. a large number. Right now, apparently half a million people dying of COVID. It's no big deal. No. no. We, well, should, you, we should get rid of the mask mandate and open everything wide open. <sighs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, man. And you look at the states and especially, I don't know what the numbers are right now because it's just exhausting not really to pay attention. attention but over the summer, I'm like, it's 9-11 like every single day. So, yeah, it was. They were, they were losing more than 3,000 people. In fact, at one point, I remember them reporting that um they were losing World War II numbers on a monthly basis. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's that's a problem. No, apparently that wasn't a problem. Fuck. <laughs> you know, they 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 were they needed to open up open up the country, open up for business. That's uh this is gonna be interesting to look back on in however many years. Do you remember when I was talking about the idea of needing like a vaccine id card to travel. Yeah. Yeah. So, um British Airways in the in Europe and Ryanair have now started allowing flyers to provide covid vaccination and test result details along with their personal data during bookings Ugh. so that they can better manage you on your way to your destination. Does that not sound like the beginning of it sounds like a problem? Of yeah, exactly. Eventually, you're going to be like, "Oh, wait, you didn't have a vaccination? You cannot fly." And why does the why does the airline have my medical records? Right. I'm just saying they want. Uh, they're the, this is the first instance I've seen of um, you know private business yeah. wanting to um, own some more of your data. Yeah. But essentially, we're talking. Yeah, they're creating a an airline ID for you that has your vaccination history, as I don't if like you were at all. you were taking your dog on a trip to China with you. It's crazy, yeah, yeah. No, it really is, man. Very crazy. Are you uh, familiar familiar with Sergey Brin? Sergey Brin, no. He is one of the Google co-founders. He's worth like eighty six billion dollars, oh. currently. Yeah, he's building the world's largest aircraft. How big is it? It's very big. It's it's like, uh, you're familiar with like Zeppelins? Yeah, I am. Yeah, he's building like giant Zeppelins. Oh, that's fucking awesome. That are like 650 feet long. Whoa. Yeah, and cost about 100, $150 million each. And the idea is that he wants to use them for like transportation of, uh, materials. Mm -hmm. And they're slower than a plane, but faster than a ship, like a ocean ship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're like 80 to 90%, um, less impact on the environment through carbon. Yeah. I'm also thinking spills. Yeah. But anyway, um, I just thought it was interesting that this guy's main, um, goal was to be able to deliver food and stuff into really remote places yeah and yeah he's building these giant zeppelins oh that's fucking awesome yeah i I hope he's heard about about them before throughout the sky i'll look into that it's really cool yeah 86 billion your um (laughs) your point about the the vaccine card in the plane just reminded me of something okay so the other day i got a letter in the mail it's our condo board Oh God. Is is drafting a new set of bylaws. Okay. For the building. All right. Mm -hmm. And since twenty seventeen, when pot was legal in Canada, Oh, they wanna they want to get rid of that? Well, no, they they haven't mandated anything. Nothing's been said until now. So I flipped to uh, Mm -hmm. the section with smoking, cannabis, and hydroponics. Smoking hydroponics? No, smoking, or, uh, comma, cannabis, comma, and hydroponics. Oh, so like if you're growing? Yes. Okay. So, um, apparently you need to be grandfathered. Wait, in. wait a second. Wait yeah. a second. Yeah. Are they two separate items that they want information on, or are they grouping them together? Uh, do you mean like cannabis and tobacco? No. Are they grouping cannabis and hydroponics together? It's in the same heading. Yeah, that doesn't make sense because one is growing and one is smoking. Agreed. I can see people not wanting people to grow for the humidity reasons and all that mold and shit like that. Yeah, that's right in the bylaw. Right, but trying to lump it in with smoking just doesn't make sense. It should be in a different section. Right. So, apparently these are no smoking residences. I mean, the the residents, of course, but the balcony is no smoking unless you are grandfathered in, which I am. Beautiful, right? Man, um, it it keeps going on, and the way I'm looking at it is they don't specify cannabis in the grandfathering in. They only specify tobacco, but it's under the cannabis and tobacco heading, right? Because they're lazy right. and uh, they try to u- reuse the same right. sort of smoking rules from tobacco and apply them to pot. Absolutely. Um, so that's a, that's a great entry to for argument. But um, the last point that got me – honestly, I might have to go into the Zoom meeting where residents uh, – well, You should. I really should because they are saying if you cannot – if you are smoking cannabis as a medical patient, you need to have your doctor write you a note and say that you cannot consume cannabis in any form other than smoking. And only then will you be allowed oh, as a never, medical user. Some, somebody puts up a real fight about that. I'm like, they're that's never incredibly get unethical. That. You can't ask me for my medical records. No. Who the fuck are you? No, not only that is they can't tell you how to take your medicine. Absolutely not. So that's the only thing that I've, uh, I'm sure there's a lot else in the, in the bylaws that I'd be pissed at, but I oh, might need to yeah. zoom in. This is exactly why I will never, ever own a condo. I'm seeing why now. Oh, my God. Not only do they milk you dry of money. Yeah. Leave your elevator in disarray for (laughs) nine months straight. Hire a shitty construction team. Hire some motherfuckers to come (laughs) and redo balconies (laughs) and give up mid-job. They just left halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll be attending the Zoom. You should. Actually, you should probably get your dad, to Probably. Give him the... uh, Honestly, I I can I can represent. I can oh. represent the unit. Are you going to take a tab? No. No, I need to make some serious points there. I'm going to be laying down hey, the we'll hammer. Gotta be sharp. Gotta Let's be just on take it, man. a tap. <laughs> I got some news on CRISPR. All right. Uh CRISPR Cas9. Wait, what is CRISPR? CRISPR Cas9 is Oh Jesus, can I remember the acronym? You don't need to know the acronym. Just explain what it is. It's a biotechnology that was first found in I believe it was E. coli um so E. coli are bacteria and bacteria are susceptible to viruses just like we are called bacteriophage um there's a bunch of it's like a war going on between microscopic organisms all over your skin it's very cool but um E. coli has created a a mechanism where it can identify foreign DNA from the the virus and uh, go and snip it out. It's like a cut and and paste kind of uh, operation for biological systems. Um, So recently, um, I believe three or four years ago, researchers were like, hey, we can use this on humans. Let's start looking into some ways that we might be able to fix genetic disorders or therapies like cancer that are not having great success with traditional treatment. I heard hemophilia was on the list. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. There's a lot on the list. No, but I mean like they thought, thought that hemophilia or or blood type bleeding diseases Mm -hmm. were going to be some of the first things they were going to be able to solve with CRISPR. Interesting. Well, the big issue with it up until recently has been it, it can't target really efficiently. Okay, and it's able to cut, but not necessarily replace what you want in there. So you're cutting genes out and putting better ones in. That's the idea. Uh Um, so Anna Moreno and others from the University of California, San Diego. This is from 2021. I don't know the exact date, Um, but they have been able to knock down the gene. That is a central part in chronic pain. Okay. So it's estimated. Oh, no, this is not one of the things they need to solve. You don't think so? No. Um, don't solve chronic pain. Well, it's estimated that 50% of the populations of Europe and the United States are in chronic pain. Yeah, but you know what? These are the same people that have created the need for um, synthetic opiates. And do we really need synthetic opiates? Like going away? We do. And then- <laughs> no, no, we don't. Like this we, is my point. We do in terms of like, you know, the way that it's being abused. People don't know how to take drugs. Right. God damn it. If it wasn't if people could just, you know, be responsible, we wouldn't have these problems. I'm sure we'll get some flack on that one. What do you mean? There's a whole component to it. I mean, people are prescribed these doses. I'm not, I'm not talking about those people. No. I'm talking about people who never started with a injury or chronic pain. They just started, you know, taking opiates. That's a different story. That's what I'm talking about, if we need to be clear. I think we should be. Because, I mean, there's a bunch of people who have, like, surgery. Oh, I'm not talking about those people. There are, in that group of people that have surgery, get injured, etc., etc., there are people who are more predisposed to addiction. Absolutely. Um, just like in any population of people, mm-hmm. right? But I, I think like the people who are just you know straight abusing opiates with no other need other than recreation, those are the people that are fucking it up for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this isn't about them. Okay. This, this is about the people who really need it. Okay. Right? Because like, if you're a normal, uh, I don't know, I'm picturing like a six year old lady who's right. got injured herself. Cramps? Oh, I guess not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> um, I don't know. In severe pain, and the only way she can fix it is to take synthetic heroin. And she doesn't like being fucked up. It's not how it needs to be. She'd rather just get rid of this pain. Um, so, the... Figured out that it's ion channels that are. I mean, we already know that ion channels allow for electricity to pass through your brain oh, through do neurons. you know that? Science knows this. Oh, um, so pretty much how your brain is working is there's an interaction between positive and negative charges between the inside and the outside of a cell. And those things are – the difference in energy is allowing for quick exchange and firing of electricity. Um, so, one of these channels is called sodium V1.7, and it plays a central part in chronic pain. Uh, when people have mutations in the gene encoding for this ion channel, they either experience extreme, constant pain, or can't feel pain at all. Okay. Okay. Um so these researchers, Moraine, they can't feel pain at all. Yeah. Then why are they taking opioids? This is just a mutation in that gene can lead to uh, some people not feeling pain. And people who don't feel pain tend to like die by like 15. Um if, side side comment, yeah, sidebar. Um I used to date this girl who uh worked with uh people with like uh Aspergers. Yeah. And she was working with this kid who couldn't feel pain. Whoa. Yeah. And he climbed up on the roof of this house and jumped off and broke both of his legs. This is what I'm talking about. And didn't cry. Yeah. yeah. A lot of these people die because like the the reinforcement of pain isn't in their brain. So they don't have that like development of, I shouldn't jump off the roof because I'm going to hurt myself. And yeah, that kind of shit happens a lot yeah, in those cases. Cool. I've always found it very interesting. It would. Suck to have a kid with that, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> it sounds like it'd be cool if you, uh, if you figured out how to not hurt yourself, you'd be like invincible. Look out bar fights. This guy's a menace. Anyway, um, they figured out how to knock out this gene using CRISPR. They delivered a inhibitor of the gene. Pretty much like piggybacked it on the CRISPR system. Mm hmm inhibited the gene, and this is all in mice. So people could feel pain? Um, So the mice could, the mice were, they induced the mice with chronic pain using either chemical or- Oh, chemicals. That's nice. Yeah, they fucked these mice up. It's super sad. Um, But then they knocked out this gene, and the best result they saw was chronic pain release in mice for up to 44 weeks. Hmm. So that could be- I wonder why it, it was only for a period of time. It's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. CRISPR, the whole idea was so that your DNA started to replicate using mm. the new gene set. Well, maybe there was some kind of gene repair system. That's, that's a possibility. It could have been recognized as foreign. Or. Or the suppressor. So it might be a lie. <laughs> or it might be a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting shit, man. Hmm. The genetic revolution its going down. It's definitely going down. Big time. I was listening to this podcast the other day and the guy was talking about how the next generation will need both computer coding and genetic coding, just in terms of progressing where we want to go. I wonder when the singularity of those two things will happen. Like when the computer can code no, itself? No, that when we start coding by, with by using biology. Or that's that's the goal man no but I mean like you can see that that's where it's going it's it's so eventually you know we won't be making robots we'll be making life forms yeah yeah I was I honestly the science was too in-depth for me to give in a reasonable manner but I was reading this thing today about how metal ions are acting like enzymes in biological systems okay like that's the stuff that breaks down food in mm-hmm. your body metabolism. And they're seeing metals being able to do the same thing in like cancer detection and shit. Have you seen the the dolphin people no. in Paradise PD? No, is this uh, the a new season? They're on like their third season or something. Really? Now. I just started watching it show. again. Yeah. It's so yeah. it's so good. <laughs> that is my type of humor. Ooh. You know what? The reason I started watching it is because it was number two in Canada. That was the reason. Well, no, I was like flipping through Netflix yeah, and, you know, it shows you what's popular. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, Paradise PD is number two in Canada. People are And that's how I started watching it. Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) The Dolphin People. I'll have to give it a watch. I watched the first season and it was funny as hell. It is funny It's not my type of comedy all the time. I don't get that. I don't get it. It's so good. I don't know. No, maybe I'll give it another shot. I'm making fun of, like, Tucker Carlson. And- okay, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, man. This hour has 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. Did probably the best sketch I've ever seen them do. Because I didn't even realize that was still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they did. Have you ever seen Harry Potter? No. Never seen Harry Potter? No. I well, actually a, made sure I didn't see it. So I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. You probably won't find this funny at all, then. Um, but there's a scene. I'm more interested in Harry Pothead. Harry Pothead. Yeah, is this also a program? No, I just made it up. Look at this guy. <laughs> but uh, they're doing a bit on who gets what vaccine, and in the movie, there's like a magical hat that assigns people what house they're going to go to in this school, and they're doing the bit. It's like, <laughs> oh, he's this age. Blah blah blah. Ordina! it's all like wizard shit, but it's oh, like a vaccine. a prediction thing about who's going to get what vaccine. It was really funny. Hmm. I'd give it a, give it a watch. Probably one of their best skits in a while. Hmm, did you watch the vaccination special by South Park? No, you missed the pandemic special and now you've missed the vaccination special. It seems to not be on my streaming service. I thought you had like access to the new South Park. I guess not. Oh, I it must be a season good. behind. It's got to be the case. The only two episodes they made this season. Yeah, no, I haven't it's seen like them. It's like season 24 or something. I think I'm on 23. Well, you should see if season 24 is available because that's where these two specials are. I've heard it's quality. Oh, my God. The amount of chin diapers walking around lately is ridiculous. <laughs> what are your uh, thoughts on the chin diapers? It doesn't make sense. Like, if... I was watching uh, the Oilers versus Flames the other night. Yeah. And you know, uh, Calgary's rehired Daryl Sutter as the, the head coach. Right, yeah. This motherfucker, he's standing on the back of the bench with a half fucking, he's got a chin diaper on. For those and, of you that don't know, it's when you pull the mask under yeah, your chin. You just Yeah, well, you're not covering your nose. It's basically the way to, we've all seen those people. It's true. What is this? Po- if 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 this is the way that the virus is transmitted is through the nasal cavity, what? Don't wear a mask like that because first of all, you're supposed to be setting an example if you're on television or you're under the spotlight of any sort. Second of all, you bet like the players aren't wearing masks. True. So- why not just not wear a mask then to show people that? Oh, look at me! I'm just going to wear a chin diaper. I'm going to do it halfway. Yeah, I mean, better off they to not wear a mask at all. Are they tested in the NHL? Of course. Is in the NBA. There's a reason that the Canadian teams are only playing Canadian teams. Are they? They're bubbled up. Hey, I've not watched any hockey. It's not like not like the playoff bubble last year, but okay. they're pretty, you know, contained. Yeah, I mean the putting the mask on and taking it off is a process that i think no, i'm just saying don't if you're if you're not going to wear the mask right don't wear it because there's definitely times easily spot out all those assholes immediately <laughs> avoid them you know when you're walking down the street and there's nobody else there that's different different story if you're in public if you're on television yeah. <laughs> you don't wear a chin diaper man i see so many people on tv and they got like they're trying to promote their business and their masks are like sagging down oh, man, over their nose. Like, guys, come on. You just got to be a little bit cautious, a little bit they don't just give pay fuck. attention. It's just like uh, your sibling. It's. I love yeah. you, brother, but parties, not this time of year. No. Yeah. Not this time of COVID. Mm-mm. <laughs> and not like it, you can get it multiple times. Like we know already. Yeah. So. I mean, that tells me that this is going to be alongside the flu shot from now on. Oh, we're with it now. That man. you're going to be getting one of these vaccines every year, probably. We'll see what the studies say. But if you can get, if your own immune system can't protect you for an entire year against it, well, what's to say that a vaccine can? I don't know. I'm used maybe it's that we need to vaccinate every year. Yeah, well we'll find out pretty soon. But I have a feeling like anything in modern medicine they don't give cures anymore because there's no money in a cure. I hope that's can, not the if case. If they can keep charging healthcare every year for your vaccination, that's much better for their bottom line. Do you think that's how it is? Um, yeah, I do actually. I think that it is it, it it's systemically been like that mm-hmm. for a very long time. And I mean, I have my reasons for saying that. Like I'm I've been asthmatic my whole life. Mm-hmm. You telling me that they they can't fucking cure asthma? They totally could. It's just not it the thing that happened is that asthma, you know, forty years ago used to be a hot item. Like it was a hot thing in healthcare, right? Right. So, there was a lot of people and a lot of money pouring into research for it. But once they were able to just treat it, all the money went away. So, there's not a whole ton of research going on into asthma anymore. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I don't know. I feel – I. there's definitely some of that in the pharmaceutical and medical. There's a shit ton there's of it. There's a lot of it. No question. With this one, I don't know. I'm just saying it. I not about, I'm not saying it about the – that it is about the vaccine. I'm just talking about – Healthcare in general, and modern medicine, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, yeah. But I mean, we saw an increase of two hundred daily cases over the past couple of days, and yeah, like yeah. we're ready to move into really not paying attention another stage. No, I think of that opening. a lot of if you look at the curve, a lot of places are entering a third wave. It's about to happen, man, and it looks like twenty percent of our new cases were from variants. Yeah which is a, an increase from a few days. Supposedly. I don't want any of it. And, you know, I, I see these assholes, like I watch a lot of news on YouTube. Mm. Um, and I see like under like CBC uh, news stuff, a lot of these anti-vaxxers making comments. And I'm just like, you know what? I hope there are a ton of anti-vaxxers because that <laughs> means that I'm going to get vaccinated sooner. Yeah. And you know, I'll take two. That's, you know what? That's I'll true. take their vaccine and my vaccine. Give me a Moderna Follow it up with a little Johnson, Johnson and Johnson. I'm saying a little bit of everything. Yeah, well, I'd, I'm down. Like if if the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines are MNRA, mm-hmm. and the um, AstraZeneca and Johnson Johnson vaccines are whatever traditional way they do it. Yeah. Um, why not get one of each if you could? If it's targeting, if it's targeting if the virus no in two different ways, yeah, yeah and there's no uh, inter. Interactions? Yeah. yeah, why not? I'd be down. <laughs> my grand, grand folk got it recently. I noticed the my dad is eligible this week. He should do it. Well, I mean, like, he, he, eligible to sign up. Okay. Yeah. And then next week, I think my mom. Yeah. And, and then hopefully, yeah, hopefully it speeds up. Hopefully. I'd like to see, like to see it sooner rather than later. I know... The minister of education—I forget was if it was federally, federally or provincially—but doesn't doesn't matter too much. They they said schools, at least post-secondary, will oh, yeah. be back in February. I or, read that. Jesus, September, right next year, next year, yeah. But uh, yeah, this place that I'm at, they're like we haven't committed yet. We'll do a blend of online and in person I'm telling you the Fuck. schools have realized that they can make a lot more money yeah by keeping students that don't need to be in the school out of the school there's hands-on shit lab work yeah that kind of stuff that you need to be on site for i'm hoping we get priority. But the rest of it you lectures and shit like that not needed you you're right and i i am personally if i was somebody in university yeah that would not fly with me i would want to be at the lecture all day the way that i learn. me too man i need i need to show up if i just need to show up to my computer you're not you're not getting my full attention it's almost it's part of the audio experience too for For me you you know i I mean i I always got i got like seven tabs open right now yeah if i was in school i'd still have seven tabs open yeah you know what i mean yeah i'm not your school wouldn't be getting my full attention that's I don't have that much of an issue with, with that kind of thing It's oh, just like putting the information in your head and looking at different crap Yeah no, I try and keep away the best I can Otherwise it's mayhem hmm. Anything else? That's all I got my friend Okay Alrighty. We'll see you next time Goodbye Goodbye